Welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This is the first week back to normal uh, production of podcasts. So thank you for sticking around through that two weeks of not having the content that you're used to getting. I really appreciate you sticking around. This week's podcast will, I hope, make up for that loss in so far as it is with Tom Ballard, who is an excellent guy, a really funny, interesting chap, and a good comedian who I like a lot. So I went to his place in Potts Point and recorded this episode. We talked about a bunch of contentious issues and non-contentious issues. Uh, it's, it's a good conversation. Then we went to the basement and did a gig together, which was my first proper stand-up gig back, uh, which was strange. It was very strange. I was nervous. The lineup was incredibly good. It was Maru Kine, uh, Cam Knight, Eric Hutton, Jen Carnavale and Tom Ballard and me. So that was... I've never seen any of those people do a bad gig or even a subpar gig. So it was a little daunting uh, but also a nice way to get back into it. They're very nice people who run the room and they made me feel very relaxed and comfortable, which was good. And my brother came and watched the show, which he never does. He gets too nervous on my behalf and he can always tell when I'm not doing well, even inside my head. So that was, uh, it was very nice of him to do in, in support. So I'm not sure. I've got a couple of gigs coming up uh, in Melbourne and Sydney, throwing myself into work as you do, text me or email me, um, alicerfraser at gmail.com is the thing to email, or you can, I didn't say, I said text, I meant tweet, at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, of course I'd be happy for you to text me, but I don't trust the internet, so I won't give you my phone number, Um, what else, this is... As I said, this is back to normal, I guess. Um, And so I'm going to throw more energy into this podcast than I have been uh, over the past couple of months. So if over the next couple of weeks you would like to recommend this podcast to your friends, people who you think would be interested, or I think if you subscribe on, uh, on your phone, if you have an iPhone, somehow that makes things better for me in an abstract way or... I don't, I don't understand how it works. I think they keep it mysterious as a way of being able to deploy pressure over you or because they can't be bothered explaining or possibly they have explained and I just didn't pay attention. And by they, I mean the internet. should have described what the podcast was before I made you be on it but it's just 
I mean, the, the core of it is we just have a conversation. But essentially, what I want to get at is ideas that you would start, and you'd say your idea, and then you have to go, okay, wait, hear me out. So. Oh, okay. Uh, no, difficult ideas, ideas that are not just a tweet or a headline or right. or something that could be done in three minutes on the radio. Things that you're just like, okay, wait. Okay. So. You don't okay. have to have them right off the bat. I'll have to think. Do you have one? Have a think about it. Um, <laughs> I have started to rank uh, messages of condolence. Oh, okay. Like with a score out of 10. Great. Have you talked about this? No, I no, haven't. Oh, great. Um, so I haven't really talked. I haven't done a podcast since my mum died, but obviously mm. everyone's been really nice. And, and, um, I appreciate everyone who sent nice things. It's not like anything goes below pleasant. Right. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> um, there was the guy who put his hand on my face and said, well, I believe God heals. Right. But that was before mum died. So is this your first... You've released a podcast since your mum passing? No, I no. released two, like, excuse podcasts. Of, okay. Like, I can't do anything. Um, sure. But... Yeah, so people who say my thing, mm. I don't know, that, that the like, the condolence uh, hierarchy goes, people who say, I'm so sorry for your loss, like formal language, that's kind of, mm. that's your credit, yep. you get like, thank you, that's nice, Okay. it doesn't really have any content to it, it's just them yeah. indicating that they feel something and... Mm. They want to connect and they want to tell you that they feel something. Yeah, so that's I mean, nice. It's very hard to think what to say sometimes, so yeah. I think that is something somewhat comforting to have general language. I get annoyed when something bad has happened to someone and I say, oh, I'm sorry. And they say, oh, it wasn't your fault. I was like, no, but I'm cosmically sorry. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm expressing sadness at Not apologising. No, clearly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about your Well, mom. if they say it's not your fault, you yes, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, it is. Uh, and then the level up from that is people who say something viscerally about them like holding shit like they say something like oh shit that's awful more casual kind of about their reaction right oh that must be heartbreaking or I I can't believe it or right uh, anything that's not formal Mm. is but is kind of reactive is quite nice because it shows sort of genuineness or authenticity yeah yeah Oh, appears to show genuineness mm. and then above that is the one which is kind of like how are you mm. uh, if there's anything I can do let me know yeah uh, and then the top one is where they go I knew I only met Lucy a few times or I knew her well and mm. she was like this or I never met your mum but you're like this mm. and she must have been really proud of you so it's like the the top level is the one that's actually about her right and below that is the one that's about you below that's the one that's about them and below that's the one that's just like ticking a box right. but like a nice box I don't yeah. mean to like <laughs> any you know everything above that is sort of a risk I guess yeah you can't really ask people to take risks with stuff like that especially if they don't know you well hmm was your family religious at all? Was it a religious funeral? Mm-mm. No. Secular funeral. My parents were a Buddhist. Mm. Uh, were Buddhist. Half of my parents are still Buddhist, um, but that doesn't have. Well, our particular brand of Buddhism doesn't have any rituals around it. Right. So it was just that when we were there, 
and she died. We sat for a while afterwards, um, just really quietly, mm. because there's an idea in Buddhist, Buddhism that the last mind moment is quite important. Right. And that your whole life sort of conditions that last mind moment, so you want it to be really peaceful and quiet, and that you don't know exactly when that moment is after the pulse stops or the breathing stops or whatever. You don't know how long the consciousness hangs around before you're completely 100% dead. Right. So we sat like for 15 or 20 minutes and then then we called the doctor in and right. all of that stuff. So that was basically it. And then after that, it was just a secular funeral. It was really nice. Yeah. People but talk. how does that make you feel when people are telling you about God healing and, and all that kind of stuff? Furiously angry. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, it's okay if they're like, well, I believe... You know, I don't know what you believe, but mm. in my mind, she's gone to a better place. You're like, mm, that's slightly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is slightly annoying. That's slightly annoying, but I get that you're wishing me well, or you're yeah. thinking nice thoughts, or my prayers are with you. Like, that stuff, that's nice. Mm. Uh, I have a friend whose father wanted me to know that he's doing all sorts of, like, intense Catholic things for, like, days, different prayers and candle things. And I was like, oh, that's nice. It's sort of like a nice effort to go to. But the ones who it's are like... Effort. It's hollow effort, isn't it? Is it? Well, it, I mean, it's, I don't believe it has an effect. Mm. But it's like someone giving you flowers or something pointless. I prefer flowers. <laughs> I prefer flowers too. <laughs> I, I mean, we've got I lots of dead yeah. flowers in our house now. Yeah, As right. a <laughs> mortifying symbol. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the ones who tell you what's happened... Mm. That's the most annoying. Mm. Who are like, well, your mum's in heaven now. You're like, well, <laughs> of, of the, blatant, the blatant lie for the sake of comfort, I just think is 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 galling. The assumption that you believe what they believe, or that you'll sort of acknowledge that they're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What do you say to that? I mean, if, if, honestly, if if someone said that to me about someone I love, uh, I would, I think I would get quite angry. Well, before, but I wouldn't know what to say to them directly. Before she died, it was quite useful because I hadn't been able to write my show for the Sydney thing and I was going to cancel it because I just couldn't. I was just so right. upset and yeah. like absorbed in this whole mm. being at hospital all the time. And then this guy said that to me and I just walked away because I was so angry. Mm. And then I wrote the whole show because I was so angry, which oh was great. Oh, God. Wow, okay. Um, it wasn't a whole show about that, but mm. I was sort of triggered by that. Um but, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I've been getting maybe a bit more angry than usual. Mm. I'm not normally a very angry person. <laughs> Just little things are making me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You don't like religion. You're anti-religion. I am, yes. Are you anti-specific religions or are you anti the idea of faith? I, yes, I'm opposed to the idea of faith. I'm opposed to the idea of believing things on insufficient evidence and making up stories and, you know, it may be a symptom of me being extremely lucky and having a lovely, nice life and, um, you know, and being raised in an, I don't know if it's an atheistic family, but just a, a non-religious family. 
you know, maybe that's all part of it. But yeah, I just, I mean, things like that, I find. Oh, should I talk up? Should no, I get closer? Okay. <laughs> uh, things like that, I, I just, I just find obnoxious, and it's just you, just logically, it's just like you know that you've made that idea up to make you feel better about this situation, and I think that that. Um, actually doesn't do grief any justice I think it's, it's actually quite insulting to that idea and um, yeah I just think the world would be a much better place if we you know acknowledge that we have no idea what happens when people die and in yeah. fact the evidence points to to that being the end of them and that's not that is sad and, and scary but it's the truth well, this is the interesting thing. Two things was like I kind of wished that I could believe something mm. after she died yeah. because that would have been nice. Yeah. Uh, and also because, you know, there's this kind of rhetoric of, you know, you can see somebody's personhood or leaving their body or, you know, mm. there's this moment mm. uh, which didn't happen. Or it sort of did, but it didn't in that I was sort of holding her arm and I could feel her pulse and then it's just slowed down and then it stopped yeah. after a while and then you I just thought well that was that that was the end but there was a whole lot of her being sick and losing different things over time mm. that was as hard as that mm. and then the really hard thing is just that it's the end mm. so it's finished and that I understand why you'd want to project something beyond an mm. end onto that mm. My dad, like one of the sort of slightly uncomfortable moments in the funeral was my dad reading a Buddhist poem about like, why should I be sad because somebody's dead? Yeah. Um, because they're just dead and what, what does it profit me to be mm. sad? It just makes everyone else upset. Yeah. And I think that made some of the more religious people of different religions in the audience uncomfortable. Yeah. Because my dad is clearly incredibly sad. Yeah. Like, he's incredibly sad. Yeah. And he's, he's sad. I, I really think, yeah, there's a danger of being too zen. You know, I've had some friends who sort of had these, you know, romantic relationships with people who would clarify, class themselves as spiritual, some of them Buddhists as well, who have, you know, committed adultery or cheated on those people or done something dishonest. And they have the, the, the spiritual partner has, uh-huh. and then the spiritual partner's reaction to that situation is t- is to be very unfeeling and and fail to acknowledge that betrayal. the person had cause. Yeah, and just say this is you know everything is meant to be, and this yeah, is sure, my spiritual me destiny. Giving this person a blowjob, but deep. what is isness yes, anyway? Yes, <laughs> what is it was my what destiny is a blowjob? Falls deep. Yes, you know we're we're all yeah we're all. Um, stardust, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's important to look at things way, rationally, but it's just like you need, yeah, you also... My penis is in everything. <laughs> penis is one with all. Um, yeah, I think that's actually, that's that's way douchier than... Um, it's a, a bizarre get-out-of-jail-free clause there, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can really tell people that they... Well, this is an interesting thing. I do think that you should tell people that they can't have feelings, but uh, not in that way. Right. I think that I don't believe in catharsis necessarily. Like, I don't believe if you're angry, you should necessarily express it. Right. Because I don't think you necessarily do anything other than make that pathway deeper in your brain where anger is an option. 
Well, in certain ways. I mean, you're saying that you were inspired by, you know, anger fueled you writing the show, you know, yeah. or, you know, I think there are different ways to express anger or, or hurt or sadness or, you know, me writing a show about a breakup was extremely cathartic and very helpful. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean. I don't believe in catharsis saying, for the sake of catharsis. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, let's get it all out there on the table. It's kind of like, well. Well, there are a lot of people who do things that they legitimize as catharsis that are actually just cultivating bad habits. Right. Like if, uh, if you're always doing um, annoyed Facebook posts about little annoying yeah, right. things that annoy you, after a while, a lot of things start to annoy you that <laughs> wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. There's my housemate. Hello, housemate. Hello, Justine. Hello. Hi, so it's my friend Alice. We're doing a podcast. You're Hi. on a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's fine. We'll cut all this out. This is bullshit. That's all right. How are you? You can advertise your business Ooh. if you like. Thank you very much. Oh, you got a package. I got a package. Hey. Uh, yeah, I forgot to give him all that to Mally, so there's some other stuff there for them. But, uh, yeah. Property owner, that's it. There. Yeah. Did you hear that? Sorry? Did you get that? No. Uh, which is not surprising for Clive and his emails. Sorry. It's which one right. ordered? Oh, okay. Uh, you got a present or a present from yourself? A present for myself. A book that I will take eight months to get around to reading. Simon Rich, uh, Pat Oswalt reviewed it. It's very funny. And then there was an extract. Yeah, I think it's a very funny short story, right? Oh, good. Do you write short stories or do you stick to comedy? Um, I've not. I guess I used to write short stories. Um, I haven't written anything like that for a long time. I like to write some prose. Yeah, I'd like to get around to doing that. I mean, you can clearly write two prompts because you've written for TV things and you did that Todd Talks thing the other week, which was, I presume, written for that purpose. It was, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, writing to perform is, yeah, that's what I've been mainly doing. But, uh, yeah, writing, we've done a little bit of writing, a little bit of opinion stuff or blog stuff, but... Um, Is this on the political thing? Oh, yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah, I wrote a thing about Ian Thorpe coming out or written, yeah, think pieces here and there when people are prepared to hear my things. It's interesting, yeah. Do you, are you a package left wing person? Or do you think of yourself as a discriminating left-wing person? I, I hope so, yeah. I mean, I guess, yes. I guess you, no one hopes that they are blindly following any kind of ideology. Uh, I think I'm generally progressive. And, um, yes, I would be characterised as left-wing. I think it's interesting, that stuff. Because I find myself mostly on the left of most issues. Mm-hmm. Partly because of my position as a woman. You're right. And generally people who are not in positions of automated power tend to be more skeptical about power structures yeah but that's yeah so that's great when someone says they're a conservative and that we should we should preserve traditional traditional institutions in society i just kind of think but but all of those were set up by white men and yeah well do you know what i mean it's like how can you like Really, if if we if we believe in equality and freedom and justice, then really a lot needs to quite radically change because all these institutions are set up by and a lot of them for the benefit of white men. Yeah, white straight men. One of the interesting ones is where you get left ideals that sort of uh, clash with themselves. Right. 
like the idea that you know it's interesting that you everyone who's on the left generally agrees that you shouldn't be prejudiced against somebody because of their gender or religion or mm. so on and so forth. Yep. Which includes people who are Muslim. Mm. You shouldn't be prejudiced against Muslim people. Mm. But equally then you have university, like that university that wouldn't let um, Ayan Hasi Ali speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were too left and they didn't like her criticising Islam. Yeah. When she had... <laughs> you know, this horrible fundamentalist upbringing and she'd had this, you know, general mutilation. And you think, well, surely she's more on your side than... Yeah, the atheistic society that university, you know, protested, I think, which which was odd. And and they've had the whole Bill Maher, Ben Affleck thing recently. And I, I know it's really tricky because there is a lot of this, you know, there's a lot of you know, racist bigotry tied up with criticism of Islam and obviously, you know, a huge proportion of, of Muslim people are of a certain ethnic, you know, um, diversity, uh, a certain ethnic origin, you know, or, or Arabic or from the Middle East and stuff. And that's, it's hard to, very hard to pick apart those, those things. But people like Sam Harris or Bill Maher or my, myself, not that I'm in that league, but, you know, I guess we, we're trying to criticize the Islam, which is a set of beliefs and propositions about stuff. And I, you know, there's absolutely no relevance as to yeah. whether you're. And then you get the kind is. of the the different forms of no true Scotsman arguments. Uh, I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah. But you can't tell if somebody tells you that they are a religion, what proportion of that religion they are. Yeah. Like, like fundamentalist Christians today mm. are extremely different from fundamentalist Christians 600 years ago. Mm. I'm much more comfortable with what we have as fundamentalist Christian today. But if somebody tells me they're Christian, I would really like them to tell me which... Yeah, I mean, how, yeah. How Christian? Right, right. <laughs> to what level, level Thetan, operating Christian, no. Um, but then even at the very heart of being a Christian or being a religious person or believing things on faith, I think there is a, you know, not a particularly vehement argument to be had, but a conversation about intellectual honesty there and... It, it, to me, if we don't criticise faith, the notion of believing things on insufficient evidence and, and believing in an afterlife, I think I think we pay a, a price like that. So, and I think bad ideas should be criticised generally. So, but this is the, yeah. they did that study recently where they showed that people can't do maths effectively if the answers to the maths questions are geared to political politically loaded answers. Oh, wow. So if you give them a neutral maths question, whether things about, like, how much face product was purchased, Mm. Mm. they can do the maths. Right. But if you give them a loaded maths question, like uh, two global warmings plus two global warmings (laughs) equals... They're like, zero global warmings. (laughs) Like, they can't do the maths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when it's just presented to them as maths with no implications. Yeah. That's really worrying yeah and i do think for example then you have these like unintended non-logical consequences to even logical arguments a you've chosen which argument you're having Mm. by what logic yeah that you have to examine that and then also like you can have as many logical arguments about the flaws of islam as you like but the more of those arguments are in the public eye the more women in hijabs get shouted at out of cars Mm. like that's a correlation 
So maybe we shouldn't be having these critical arguments about Islam at a time when that's not the question. But mm. equally, you can't just put the problems with the religion aside in favour of... Like, it's a, super complicated. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too complicated. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't... I would want to... I, I have a lot of admiration for people like Sam Harris or Richard Dawkins or who effectively, you know, live... Or, you know... Um, Hersey Ali, you know, they've dedicated their life to that stuff, you know, and yeah. put themselves in danger for a lot of it. But I have um, admiration and also, like, I don't know, I'm a bit confused. Like, how could you have, how could you spend your life having the same argument <laughs> a million times? I think Sam Harris has got bored. He's moving on. His latest book is about lying, and, you know, he's, he's got lots of different interests, I think. But yes, I've been listening to a lot of these um, debates on a podcast recently, and yeah, it is. you do hear the same things again and again and again. And no one changes their mind. No one changes their mind. <laughs> Although, you know, that is... I don't think when you have these debates about the existence of God, you expect either speaker to change their mind, but you know, the influence of people like Dawkins and Harris and Hitchens well, has influenced a lot of people who've read their books and, you know, left their faith because of it. You know, really, all of those arguments are directed at 16-year-olds who haven't <laughs> figured out what they think about anything yet. Like, that's really who you... There's a lot of 40-year-old-plus 40, 40 people who still go to church. Yeah, yeah, but they're not going to change. They're year lost causes, right? Australian Christian loving. Well, yeah. They're lost causes. By the time you're 24, people should stop trying to argue into or out of anything. Before <laughs> oh, okay. that, fair game. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you know, your brain has melded stopped changing I don't know I just made that up okay but 60% of science is made up really some good stats good made up stats have you decided on your controversial opinion yet oh boy well I've probably had a few there that some people would disagree with in there in those few um yeah my my idea is international pretend there's no act like there's no afterlife day uh-huh. So that's just a, just an international thing that we all have. We all have barbecues around the country, but, you know, with all different types of food, ah. not necessarily animal products. So, like, in the same way that Christmas is international, pretend you like your family day. <laughs> yes, very similar. Uh, you yeah. would just have a day where you're like, okay, yeah. fundamentalists, yeah. various other people. I just would be like, dude, what are you? You gonna blow yourself up? That's insane. You gonna? That's yeah. gonna be it. Just that day. You don't have any virgins. That's crazy. <laughs> Talk so, like pirates. No, nothing will come out of that. You will just be dead. Live like nothing happens after you're dead. That's an it. That's not a bad. What day would it be? <laughs> the would it? Uh, you pick a good day. January one. Mm-hmm. I think people will be too hungover to do. To, to believe much. in God. To believe in God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're all coming down. We're all hungover. Everyone. Like, this is it. <laughs> but then a lot of people would be breaking their New Year's resolutions right off the bat. Because what does it matter? <laughs> that's true, yes. That's. Well, no. 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 It goes against the entire point of the day. You say, what does it matter? Well, you decide what it matters. Ah. Yeah, yeah. You decide You're the what captain it of your own destiny. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't follow your New Year's resolutions because God exists. Yeah, you should follow them because you want to. Because you set them and you think they're good and they'll make your brief time on this planet even better. I find it super. Um, there's a woman on Twitter at the moment who I'm following who has cancer, terminal cancer. Mm. And she is extremely religious. And in the same post, as she says, um, 
today I had all these horrible blisters and my hair fell out and I couldn't get out of bed and I was in racking pain. Mm. And then there was a nice sunset. God is good. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's cognitive dissonance, you know. You, we... I can't do that. It's like anything that's good is attributed to this one thing, but anything that's bad is sort of not relevant. Yeah. Um, um, unless you re-articulate the term God to mean anything that feels nice <laughs> in my non-specific organs. Yeah. Like anything that makes me feel sort of moved mm. must, is, let's call it that. Mm. Then I can cope. Yeah. But otherwise there's just, it's like those two sentences don't fit together in your Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not going to argue with you. No, I, I think that's, yeah. It's, that's a testament to how we can yeah, split the brain and hold two different beliefs and how you know because Christianity is so embedded at least in a western society and all this, that Judeo-Christian tradition is there that people I think use it as the fit events to that ideology a lot of the time I think you know and Again, if, 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 if we're believing things on faith and, you know, anything can mean anything, really. Anything can be supporting evidence of the existence of God. You know, I mean, the big... Many Christians, sort of apologists now, are using the Big Bang Theory as confirmation of God's existence. It's, you know, as science is progressing, God is becoming more and more mysterious, you know. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. That's all you got. I saw Fury last night. That World War Two movie, oh, right, I really right. was not... I shouldn't have watched it. Why not? Well, A, I'm still too kind of just... My base level is generally quite sad. Right. <laughs> and sort of sensitive. <laughs> uh, which... So I, I was not... But I, what we wanted to... T- my brother and I wanted to take my dad out to see a movie and I was sort of the only one that's had any kind of yeah. good critical feedback. Uh, and then it was about World War Two. Right. My granny was a Holocaust survivor, so there's sort oh, of a, wow. an extra weight to this stuff. And then it was just this movie about the brutality and horribleness of war. Uh, it was not... It was like a downer. It was such to a downer. Fair, the film was called Fury. Yeah, and it's about some guys in a tank. <laughs> and it was awful. It was so bad. What do you want is... I mean, it was really, really... Or the Lego movie. Yeah. I haven't seen the Lego movie, but oh, it's, it's good. good. I'm saving it up. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. It was a very good movie in that it made me really sad. Yes. Uh, and then I didn't sleep at all. I was just sad all night. Uh, I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> well, I hope you do well at this comedy gig we're going to tonight. Oh, I this is my first proper comedy gig back. Jesus. I did this one at UWS last week, but it was a daytime gig, and it turned out to be less comedy than haranguing people to buy sausages. There was no stage, that kind of okay. daytime gig. Some guy tried to wrestle the microphone away from me. Yeah. That, that, so he could do some beatboxing. Okay. Yeah, that's um, a, that's that a kind point. of gig. And then I did the Todd Talks thing, but yeah. that wasn't comedy. So this is my first right. stand-up. And I'm just hoping that I don't... I don't know what could happen, but I don't feel safe. Oh, right. I'm and it's such a good right. lineup. Right. It's like you and Matt O'Kine and Cam Knight and Jen Carnavale and Eric Hutton. Yeah. Like, normally I'll go into a stand-up night and be like, oh, I'm better than 
these people, I sit somewhere in, in the mix. Right. Like if you're running, you're in the pack. Right. And you've got a chance. If you're in the pack, you've got a chance that it's your night and you'll fucking... You're going to go out ahead, right? And then, you know, when there's 200 metres to go, you'll take the night home and you'll be the winner. <laughs> Not that it's a competition. We're all working together. But yeah. I don't feel like I'm in the pack. I feel like I'm sitting on the back shoulder of the pack and there's a possibility that I'll drop back no, and get the pity clap. We're all the pack. Comedy is the pack, man. Mm. We all rise and fall together. All ships rise and fall the tide. That's a good, that's a good thing. I think we should probably start heading to this gig. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Oh, um, not really. Just my website, tombella.com.au. Right, you want the .au thing? I got the .au. Because my, my one, I was like, I could get alicefraser.com.au, but I can't get alicefraser.com. Right. Some typographist oh. has it. She does fonts. Yes. So I did Alice Comedy Fraser, which I will forever regret. <laughs> Comedy's your middle name. Yeah. Um, it's not actually. Oh, okay. What is your middle name? Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny name. It's not that, not that funny. Um, okay, so go to Tom Ballard's website. I'm doing. If you're in Sydney, I'm doing a show at the Giant Dwarf Theatre. I'm organising a night called uh, Giant Dwarf Radio, which is a night of old-timey radio plays. Oh, amazing. And music and stuff, yeah. You should talk to Seton K. Smith. He does the Lost Pilots series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's He's right. Yeah, I've heard that. He would be good, actually. Yes, um, I think it'll be it'll be something. I can't guarantee it'll be good. There's musicians performing. They're really good, and there'll be very funny people performing it. But um, I can guarantee it'll be good. Everything you do is good. Get out of here. You're yeah. making me blush. You're crazy. Wait, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying I believe it, and therefore I will ignore <laughs> any evidence to the contrary. <laughs> Thank you, Alice. Thank you for, for ginger snaps. Oh, my God.